Welcome to Thrones and Scones. It's your weekday morning podcast where we talk Game of Thrones over... My voice is still a little tired. It's Tony Hans and Jeremy in with you for Friday, hitting Season 2, Episode 10, rounding out yet another season and tackling mini cranberry orange scones. Welcome, friends, to the end of our week, to the end of another season. Uh, Season 2, we've had some ups, some downs, but ending... With uh, Valar Morgulis, thoughts? Hi, thought not not on the show. We'll get to that. Thoughts thoughts on the Friday? <laughs> I think on Friday, right? Dealing with this fucking crazy weather. Uh, yeah. Ah. Are you, how it's much, so cold here. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I think it is. It was like four degrees when I got up this morning. Just craziness. But. It's a bunch of horse shit. Um, all the snow basically went away from our forecast, and then the the temperature just tanked. Just tanked. And it's been. It's been awful, but uh, thankfully this episode is making up for it. It's a pretty good one. I got the the wiki here pulled up for once in my life. I'm kind of ready to go with this. Would you guys like to hear what happens in season two, episode ten? Because no, I don't know. Maybe you didn't watch it. Catch this up. Catch me up. Hit me with All right. it. It's one of these wikis that's kind of choppy, so I'm gonna do my best to make it interesting and fail miserably. Tyrion awakens to a changed situation. King Joffrey doles out rewards to his subjects. As Theon stirs his men to action, Lewin offers some final advice. Cryptic. Brienne silences Jamie. Arya receives a gift from Jacken, and Danny goes to a strange place. John proves himself to Corin. Big, uh, big episode. Another one of those where we're kind of like, oh yeah, <laughs> there's still a lot more that happens in this season that I forget didn't already happen, or uh, you know, they really have been making up thus far at the end of these seasons with like crazy crazy plot not only twists but but big wrap-ups and they get away with doing a lot but not making it feel like they just rushed into it yeah but i don't Uh, think this one felt like a finale i mean just like last season right so episode nine and both seasons felt bigger to me episode i mean yeah especially because blackwater was so massive and so like incredible and, and epic this is a very different tone. Um, this was, I thought, better than season one, episode 10, in the yeah. sense that it's not just setting up for next season. We do at least get a couple moments that feel pretty final for the moment, um, at le- you know, rounding out a couple stories. Um, I-, I thought it was good overall. I liked it. Yeah, yeah I think it, I think it's uh, pretty good as well. It definitely, to me, feels uh, in contrast to the season one, episode 10 or the season one finale. Um, this one feels just kind of more like a bridge to season three, because even, even, uh, season three to me feels much more like an extension of season two. Whereas season two felt like, you know, almost new storylines, bunch of new characters are kind of coming in and, and you get a little bit of that with season three, but I just feel like a lot of the things that started season two, we haven't really resolved yet, you know, like, uh, or mm. kind of the uh, end of season one, like Joffrey becoming king and all the, all that stuff. So um, that part of it is for better, or for worse, you know. Um, now, I think Hans, it makes I it think a smoother transition into season three sorry. and maybe, maybe a stronger finale. But I, I agree with Jeremy as well, where it just doesn't like, there's not a lot of things that really end. You're just kind of, you know, move trucking. Yeah. 
You were kind of meh about season two, I think, the most out of any of us. Did the last couple episodes kind of change that for you? Or do you think that this season fell a little bit short of what it could have done? Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. Because like I said last episode, I think season or uh, episode nine from season two is my favorite episode yet. Um, yeah. just, just Just awesome. I think it's pretty clear that at this point, at least Game of Thrones has a pretty strong formula <laughs> that they stick to as far as, you know, where they where they pinnacle their their seasons and stuff and um but yeah i think i think these these episodes rounded out season two for me i still think that it took a little bit long to get where we're going i think karth could have been a freaking two episode thing (laughs) i think uh i think i think danny's story is moving a little slow i think the north story beyond the wall is moving has moved a little slow um and uh i definitely don't think the last couple episodes has made up for that by any means yeah but it's hard to uh Hard to say the season's bad when you got a freaking kick-ass episode like like the episode 9 was. So For sure. Well, uh, closing out here, episode 10, lots of things wrapping up. And uh, a twist a little bit. Joffrey throwing Sansa to the uh, wind. She's excited and, and then nervous uh, with, with words from the ever-encouraging Littlefinger who makes her realize that, hey, well, maybe this isn't all it's cracked up to be. Um, but, hey, at least she doesn't have to marry him no more. Yeah, I think, and I thought that actually was done really well, um, just explaining the situation. I mean, they commented earlier in the season how how does Marjorie marry to Renly? Like, well, how does that work? And someone's like, oh, yeah, well, it's because she wants to be a queen. And I was like, oh, man, is that really portrayed really well in this show so far? I didn't think you get that conceiving or, sorry, conniving, kind of like, I want this, this is what I want, conceiving. I mean, she's going to be, yeah. she wants to conceive. I mean, that's, She would love to conceive. She would love, she'd put a demon, no. Um, but definitely with her here, you really get that she is, she's making a play, and it's fairly strong. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking ahead and realizing that she tries several times to really become queen and, and to conceive an heir. And really the only yeah. time she ever even gets to attempt is with the kid who's currently like nine. She's <laughs> <laughs> just, just a good job. It's a good thing that they switched actors for Tom and Baratheon. Let's just go ahead and uh, there, there'd be some legal issues there for sure. <laughs> anyway, getting, getting very and, you know, and also, I mean, we see Tyrion who is, I think, in season two really comes an enjoyable character to watch. Like he, Mm. he's growing into like, you actually can see that he's a Lannister in the sense that you get the power and like, he likes it. He's enjoying, he's enjoying his role. And then just like a bitch, it just gets taken all away from him. And then like, he's just like, wait, Nope. I get reminded now that my dad's here. My dad hates me. My family hates me. I am not appreciated, and yeah, I saved all of them. And I think you almost see like this like shame and depression in this moment. It was like, fuck, I should have just let them all die. Yeah, it's such a powerful, and at the same time, he's like recovering from this near mortal injury, trying to figure out who caused it and, and what happened and what's going on with this. I will say, it just kind of looks like a badass scar. And uh, in the books, he loses his nose. And I think Cersei even makes a reference to it in next episode or something she um, where she's like, oh, people were saying you lost your lost nose. Your you look fine. Um, but yeah, in, in, it's his, his nose straight up gets cut off and like half of his face is like all wrecked. And uh, they really toned it down for the screen. 
probably for good, right? Thank you. Yeah, they want they want to keep they want to keep Tyrion our our golden boy. And plus, I mean, maybe they were learning preemptively from Superman that CGIing away a body part is uh, trickier than you might imagine. Yeah, yeah. Who's to say? <laughs> but no, there's uh, some good moments there. We get Pycelle kind of being our first uh, opener, waking up Tyrion, being all smug, uh, just being an asshole. But guys, guys, Hans talked about it a couple episodes. This is another thing where I think we're realizing that no, Ferris does not have a dick. <laughs> because he's in with Roz, we, which is our only good, bad, and juggly moment as well. Roz reveals her titties, which we have come to um, become very acquainted with over the past couple seasons. And then she puts him away, and she's like, oh, I know, I know what men want. And she reaches down, and she goes, oh, I know who you are. Like, she she recognizes immediately. And I feel like I've I've... I'm not going to say never because I've had a couple drunk nights, um, but I'm going to say probably never have I just reached over and grabbed a clothed man's groin to try and see what was up. And like, I feel like if there was just a dick, it would take me a little while to realize. <laughs> and she realized pretty quick yeah, that something she went, was up. She like, went like just barely into the inner thigh and was like, whoa, yeah. well, this like, is oh. <laughs> So I, I think there must be nothing there. I agree. Unless just... Unless in this world, uh, rocking horse, horse uh, yeah. are unless well, or unless the ball forward trend is so popular that maybe she was, just, <laughs> maybe she was just offended that he wasn't rocking that. That could be. She's a, a good sir. You're that's not a great your point. Balls forward. How might I find them? Do tell. <laughs> No, but I agree. I think uh, I think that's got to be proof, right? Because there's there's no way so. she would have had that much concern. Yeah, because there's got to be people out there without balls. She's a prostitute. She's seen lots lots yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like uh, Littlefinger is, is willing to provide all kinds of entertainment for all of his guests. So great this can, point. Jeremy. This cannot be a new thing for her. There's a lot of uh, a lot of kind of cool moments. I'm trying to just go down what happens in order here. Oh, we get this. This moment on the road with Brienne and Jamie, we kind of get to see them travel in a bit, and uh, they get they get found out. Brienne has to confront a few uh, Stark men and does so in a very badass fashion. Yeah, um, gets gets a little blood crazed going on there at the end, r- running a sword basically up through a guy's body, groin first, as she just stares into his eyes and she's like, two slow deaths." Yeah, what was the so what was the offense that led to that? I mean, I know like they recognized him. Was that it? Is that what it led to? I don't remember. Yeah, they just they recognized who it was. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. And then kind of going over to since we're talking Starks, (sighs) Rob Stark gets married in this episode, and his mom wants him not to do it. I kind of forgot about this conversation. I kind of thought he went and did it in secret. No, he obviously went to his mom with it. They talked about it. She said don't, and he kind of ends up dismissing her because of what she did. So you got to wonder, if she didn't release Jamie, would things have gone differently? Like, Because he wouldn't have been able to just blow her off so easily. Would he have had to actually come to terms with what he was doing and what it meant? Or was he just able to kind of get that out that only a 16-year-old would immediately jump to where it's like, oh, you're, you're going to give me advice after what you just did to derail everything I've been working for? Get out of here. I think this could have been a very different thing. 
Yeah, I don't think she realizes. You know, I think she comments a little severe, like what what what's at risk in those things. And again, Game of Thrones repeatedly shows you love never works, right? You can never get married for love. If you do, you're not playing the game right, and you're gonna lose. <laughs> Preach, yeah. Jeremy, preach. Preach. <laughs> preach. You can never get married for love. Don't ever Says do the married it. man of the Sa- podcast. Says the man married to my sister. <laughs> what a wonderful, wonderful marriage this is. <laughs> Giving us some love tips in this episode is uh, Stannis and Melisandre showing us that choking can be fun. <laughs> oh, that, that scene is intense. Melisandre in this episode, I think, again, isn't this where she tell, talks to Davos of like, you know, essentially if I was there, I would have protected, I would have, I would have prevented this whole disaster from happening in the first place as well. I'm pretty sure that's what that was part of the conversation. Well, she doesn't say it to Davos because he's not there, but oh, yeah, no, no, she no, no. tells, she's telling Stannis. Yeah, Sorry. I don't even, I didn't even write My that part down. I totally, totally overlooked that part. Um, I do remember the choking. Uh, <laughs> My, I think not? the reason I was so distracted at this scene. Is, and I'm sure I, I probably just missed it. Uh, how did Stannis get out of King's Landing? He was up on that wall. Like I don't. He was pretty deep in. I don't get how they, he got out of there. They did not say. So he just kind of turned tail and ran, and it doesn't uh, never showed, never explained how he was able to get back out to his ships and bail. But yeah, because you're telling me so Tywin and Loras come in with what had to be a pretty massive army, right? And somehow Stannis snuck out to his little canoe. His little right. his little rowboat and Correct. rowed back to his big ship without getting <laughs> caught. I don't know. I don't get it. Or set on fire because the lake was still basically burning. Yeah. Um, so that part I have an issue with, but the something we have touched about, but one of my favorite parts again, Jackin's back in the show, which uh, is mm. great. I mean, we we haven't heard of the faceless men. Um, I think initially mentioned. What, Episode two or three with the whole um, was it Theon right? Like, no way, that was must have been. I, the yeah, I think the I think the only time that it's ever mentioned is when Jacken says uh, to be a dancing master is a special thing, but to be a faceless man, something else entirely. I think that's the only mention we've had of it thus far. Oh, so the, I, the woman doesn't say I've seen a man change the change their faces. Oh, you're right. Someone does say that. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I, I don't remember that, who that, it is. Was it a prostitute? It was a prostitute, right? Who says you don't? You haven't seen the world. This is with Theon. I'm pretty sure they're having a conversation about something. He's like, you haven't seen much. And she's like, I've seen men change their faces. You might be right. Yeah, I don't, it's it's a while ago. Anyway, so we get that, huh? And that's the kind of the. Now he kind of brings it up and says, I am one of those men. Yeah. And then, ta-da, his face changes. It. And like, for, for the worse, too. Oh, God. Yeah. I know, right? Was, was that the chick that was with uh, Viserys, too? Is yes. Is that the chick you're talking about that yes, says yes, that? Yes, 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 yeah, Dorea. yeah. Dorea. Yeah. Dorea. I do remember that. Oh, yeah, because that was the whole, like, you know, I want to see. Okay, yeah, because she's because she wanted to see a dragon. Wanted to see a dragon. And, okay, so it was, and then he calls the end, he bad. calls her stupid, stupid, and, yeah. and you're something. But no, so that was the, that was an awesome thing. He get, you know he comes again in a very kind of like kind of like stalkerish ways. Like he's just there, and just like kind of watching over them. And I mean, you almost get like an ominous tone to that part of the scene. It's like, well, is he gonna yeah. is he gonna do something? 
Because, you know, he's pissed off that he had to do that in the first place because she kept breaking rules. And so, um, you know, there is really no clear reason why he's helping her right now either. So I thought that was kind of he likes her. Yeah. I think uh, Arya's got such such charisma at this point. Like, everyone just falls for her. Yeah. Um, And then offers offers her the coin. Yeah. Uh, Such a badass scene. But, okay, so I understand that if to get help, he says, you know, you can say this, uh, Valor Margulis in Bravos, anyone in Bravos, and then he'll he'll help her out. Uh, yeah. uh, couldn't he have picked something a little easier to say? Like, if this say, it, say it's a couple years later, this chick's not gonna remember how to pronounce this or say this term that she's never gonna use ever again in her life. Like, how specific do I have to be when I'm in Bravos? Can I just it's so, say flying yeah. jacket? I kind of think like there's the opposite problem too. We we find out it might be next season or the season after when they when we start to kind of go to Bravos and see more around there. Um, that's just the greeting. Like instead of hi, someone says Valamorgulis and the other person says Valadahires. So the only difference is that you have to have the coin. But it's like they could have come up with a different code word than it's just like, imagine. That's gonna be yeah. very confusing. Wait, imagine wait, like you've got a, a document. Something? Yeah, you got this document like from the CIA, and they're like, "All right, you're gonna go up to our contact, you're gonna hand it to him, and you're gonna go, good evening, and then they'll know." <laughs> and they're gonna say it back to you, "Good day." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's baller. Uh, what is what a society as well when you open every conversation with "All men must die." <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's really setting the tone in a proper way. <laughs> Yeah, I just oh. think uh, I thought I don't know. It's a it's a cool scene again. Arya's story is one of those that's just very interesting, and I counter that to the wall, which I actually agree with what Hans was saying. Like it's so slow right now, and I'm like, and yeah, Arya's getting I think just as much you know kind of like screen time, and yet you find her character development so much more interesting right now. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we let's jump ahead since we're talking the wall. Um, it's my it's my least favorite moment of the episode. Um, I mean, it's the moment itself is dope. We get to see the army of the dead, as we've already established. And I looked up a map because I was like, maybe maybe they're farther north than I think right now. They're really not. Uh, I I don't understand the geography of where the White Walkers are. I think that's a big plot hole. But the Night's Watch comes across them. They're marching in full force, and they've see turn to and acknowledge samuel tarley and then just leave him alive for like dramatic effect when we find out in the next episode like every body he comes across has been wrecked um by these guys i I don't get it why i don't yeah i don't get it either that was my least favorite part because of just the myriad of plot holes yeah. that go along with this scene uh again what are what are the white the white walkers have mercy now apparently <laughs> like why, why why and they obviously if they kill the guy they could have a fresh body or maybe they're just not interested they don't think he's be worth fighting he, he's maybe not a good fighter i don't know but uh i don't get why they leave him alive second i don't so all you know the rangers just went out north and you know john's in uh, John Snow is obviously pretty far out there. There's the Wildlings out yeah. there, but apparently this giant army of the dead just walked no by all these people yeah. and are much closer to the, to the wall. I don't, I don't get it. Right, and the Wildlings are supposedly running from that. 
Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's very confusing. Like, I think this is a detachment. I don't think this is the full army, but then why? And also, we see more than one White Walker when I think going forward, we see the one that, like, Sam comes toe-to-toe with. But then other than that, they're all kind of together. So I don't know. Yeah, it was just yeah. not, not part of it. And John uh, yeah. and Corrin. Uh, I honestly... Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah it's not, I mean, that's what happens as well, right? They hold yeah. something and then they end up uh, killing Corrin, which... I don't remember this in the book if it happened the same way. I think it does. It does? I, to I, my memory, it does. For some yeah. reason, I was sort of thinking it was different, or if it happened at the at the camp itself and not Maybe. further out. It might do, yeah. But the, the kind of the trajectory is the because, same. Yeah, way. yeah, but I just think that, I thought they got there and there was more more kind of like Could be. plotting with that kind of thing. But anyway, still a cool scene. Yeah. John, John's kind Coming, of a badass with the sword. Yeah, pretty badass. Hard to say. I mean, you think Corrin was fighting to win that fight, though? Yeah. No. no, 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 I mean, no. He, he was obviously good. He was. He obviously knew he had to go down. I feel like even then, though, the Wildlings were pretty quick to just be like, all right, this guy's a good guy. Cut, cuts his chains off. Yeah. Or cuts his rope when, off. When an episode prior... Um, Corrin like pushed John and Rattleshirt was like, he's not yours to kill. Yeah. And then in an episode, we've changed our minds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know about that to go slightly South to hit Winterfell. Um, we get lots of mixed emotions with Winterfell right now. Theon is under siege and he deserves it. Theon gets betrayed by his own men and he, he deserves, deserves it. it. <laughs> and then Winterfell gets wrecked anyway. Yeah, don't get the whole, like, why set it on fire? It's already, you know, been sieged and the fam- and the people are already upset. I don't get the whole burning it down. With, uh, what's his name? The, the, with the, is it the Greyjoy's family? No. Who's the one no. who's, who's there sieging it's, it? It's Ramsay Bolton. Ramsay Bolton, Ramsay yeah. Snow right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, it doesn't really make that much sense because down the road... They're going to occupy it, and they're yeah. going to spend their whole time building yeah. it back up. So, so why? And it's not like Theon yeah. has how many people there? Twenty men. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the I guess the implication is, and, and they get into this in season three, is th- they're pretending that the Ironborn did that, and then escaped, so that they can cover up basically everything, so that they can kill everyone, leave the city unguarded, untended. Um, and then to kind of position themselves, you know, it's kind of the Boltons already making their first step of this very long game, but at the moment it does seem very disjointed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. And, uh, poor Lewin rest in peace. Did that stuff happen? Did I totally miss that? Did that, did the Bolton stuff happen in episode 10? It just started. Yeah. Uh, we don't see, we don't see any Bolton stuff, but it, I mean, we, we know from Rob's conversation that yeah, it's Ramsay yeah. sieging the Winterfell, yeah. Gotcha. And then really the only thing we haven't touched on is, finally, it's my favorite part of the episode just because we've been waiting for it all season. Something happens in Karth. <laughs> it's so crazy. J- Danny basically gets to the bottom of this. She goes through these crazy visions, which there's all sorts of conspiracies about what it means or doesn't mean. She gets to the end. She burns the warlock alive. She gets out. She seals Zaro up in his own empty-ass vault. And then, uh, you know, she she's kind of pillaging. And she's like, all right, let's take this stuff and buy a ship. The one thing I don't get about it is are they trying to imply that, like, 
he just has all this stuff and then is pretending to have more. Or the way that they say it, she's like, oh, it was all a lie. And Jorah's like, looks real enough to me. Is it counterfeit? Or is it just, that's all there is? What do you think that they're implying? I I didn't really get that because, so I get that this guy could, you know, could maybe fool some people and stuff, but how did he, how did he live where he lived? How did he get the position of power he got if he doesn't have any money, whether he's trying to look the part or not? It just seems weird that he had nothing like he sh- and got where he got. And who knows? I don't know. I didn't get it. I'm ge- I guess I'm kind of thinking like my only explanation is he's like the uh, he's the MC Hammer of Westeros where it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, if you see him in public, you're going to be like, damn, that dude is rich. But then he spent all his money looking like he was rich and now he's not rich. Yeah, it's um, maybe a good point. And now who's running cards? Right? I mean, we had 13, 11 dead, two left <laughs> dead. So, I mean, that's just kind of left. Left undone, right? Left, just left unsaved. I'm gonna Quaith. assume. Quaith. Uh, yeah, it's Quaith. <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, it's that uh, it's that androgynous person that she was painting. That yeah. that person decided to take up the the mantle and everything. Um, yeah. Anything else from season two, episode ten? Busy episode. What did you guys think of uh, the whole Daenerys tower scene and all that magic <sighs> garbage? I was trying to come up with something clever. Like clever. I, I watched the scene a couple times. I just sat down. I didn't want to read anything about it because I was just going to spout that. Um, so I was like, what What does it mean? What does it... I'm like, okay, she goes beyond the wall and sees Cal Drogo out there. So maybe it's like, ooh, she finds love beyond the... No, that's a, kind of a reach. Um, she, she then finds the throne room and it's all snowy and the ceiling is broken. I don't know. I couldn't come up with anything. Mm. I just think it's confusing. And it's, I think, honestly, it's just meant to throw us. I think whatever happens, you're going to be able to kind of wind back to. But the only real, like, consistent thread I'm seeing is, like, is winter. Like, winter is coming. It's really kind of setting up that from the other side of things that, yes, this is right now beyond the wall where you're seeing all this stuff. And it's going to make its way all the way down to where you're trying to go anyway but that's it's kind of dumb yeah i didn't i didn't quite get it uh at all really what what so i get i suppose i get that she sees kyle drogo and her would have been son uh but why is he behind what's why is he beyond the wall i don't get it um i guess it's symbolic of some sort but i'm i'm not that clever no, I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, and I, I, if anyone, uh, this is when we need Rob on here. Just yeah, I know. <laughs> you could be like, actually, it's very like obvious. You fucking idiot. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't get that. But you're, you're yeah. yeah. <laughs> get but, off uh, our show. I thought the scenery. I thought the uh, like the scenery in the throne room with the walls broken in and the snow was really cool. Looked I liked good. It. Yeah, it looked great. Kind of reminds me of Aaron Hall with the destruction there with all the open exposed everything with the dragons and that so i thought if anything you could make maybe that connection aaron's hall aaron's hall it's like it's all aaron's hall it's actually a sponsored hall aaron carter's hall but uh but anyway yeah well it's uh good to see i guess a little one more shot at kyle drogo was not i mean good to see him again he's talking yeah um Unfortunately, now we know, you know, he's ultimately in the Nightlands now for good. I don't think we see Khal Drogo again. I no. Remember. Yeah, not, so. not thus far, at least. Uh, who knew? And who knew the Nightlands was leagues under the sea? 
and the biggest blockbuster of the summer or whatever whatever time it came it out. does get very dark at a point in that movie you know yeah. i haven't That's seen it referring to i haven't seen it yeah, yeah how, how deep do you have to go in the ocean before you lose all light I mean, they go to the center of the earth. Spoiler. So, oh shit, pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty fucking deep. Pretty, pretty deep. <laughs> uh, it's actually. Um, no, we're not going to get into Aquaman here in this movie. In this, uh, That'll this be podcast, we we will get into our our pastry. Our last oh, one for yeah. season two. It's uh, Jeremy's mini cranberry orange scone. Spill the beans. Okay, so just like my mini blueberry scones, also from Fresh Time, which has become a thing okay. lately. Yeah, Delicious. Yeah. Uh, again, what is better than eating one when you can have like six of them? Oh my god! Just you got, I just got a buzz on my phone. People are hitting up our Facebook page as you should. We always post uh, up have, when fresh episodes are up scones. there. We, we uh, uh, hey, we might. We could at Thrones and Scones Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can keep up with us there. Thronesandscones.com has your links to everything where you can listen, where you can check us out, and we will catch you tomorrow for a little bonus episode action as we get ridiculous and long form and then back next week for season three friends thank you for joining me for another season you're down with g-o-t yeah you, yeah, know, you know me, me. hanji we're saying you uh you, you you flippity flopped here on jack and serial theory yeah only just because of the whole bravos connection and all that stuff because mm-hmm. they make a point to say uh, oh, my training or my my dancing master was from Bra- Bravos or whatever, and then that's kind of how that all gets started. It doesn't take much for me to flip flop, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty easily was, convinced. I was so sold on it that I wanted to. Uh, it was actually yesterday. I wanted to like read more about it because, like, I know people go crazy with these conspiracy theories. Oh yeah, and so I I googled it to kind of see what the discussion was sitting at, and the first article that I popped up was Maisie Williams in an interview saying that she agreed with that theory, was talking to David Benioff and D.B. Weiss about it, and they shot it down. They oh, said that dang. it was not true. So at least in the show, unless they were lying, um, it is not a thing. Yeah. I think they're lying. And what it seems like too. It, yeah. Why I would think- they show it? That's the, like, why wouldn't his head be on a pike? That just seems yeah. so plot holy. Yeah, and maybe they were just leaving it open, and and if it was something they were saving till later, which now I think it's a little late. We got we got we got higher priorities here, probably. That's uh, true. But I think maybe when Maisie Williams said all that, if they, if if obviously if the directors were saving it, they probably wouldn't tell her, right? If it wasn't written yet, or it wasn't it's true. But I mean, script. don't you just think they'd go like, oh, that's a fun idea, or something like? I don't know. Instead of just being like, oh, no, that's not. You stupid girl. (laughs) You stupid, stupid girl. Actually, so I've been thinking about, since we recorded our last episode, uh, I've been really, speaking of conspiracy theories, uh, I've been thinking about a a lot about the hound (laughs) and this corpse raping. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm all ears. My question is, in a big battle like this, you know, he's he's pretty stern with his words. I believe him. Yeah. Um, Just to refresh know. people's minds in case they, it's been, you know, 24 hours since they heard that episode. Yeah, yeah. So his quote is, any man dies without a clean sword, I'll rape his fucking corpse. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't get a lot of miscommunication yeah, no, I I don't think a man says that unless you know unless unless they say it with intent. Yeah. So, uh, 
but my question is in this big massive battle does he have like a cl- has he got a clicker on him i mean is he taking notes because how how is he gonna remember every single guy that he's got to come back to the battlefield later to to you know to sort all this out because again what if what if a guy's fighting uh and where is where is the line because what if a guy's fighting he, he you know he never gets his sword bloody uh he dies right away falls to the ground someone else dies and gets blood on his sword right the is it gonna, literal or yeah whoa, i mean whoa, whoa. did we really think just drops of blood to fall on the sword would qualify he clearly means killing so my thing is what if he is next to a guy who's an archer and an archer shoots an arrow and kills someone but never draws his sword does that guy get raped? Yes, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I feel like the hound just does, the hound doesn't like archers, and he would use any excuse oh, to, so he's to get after that. Now. To get after it's that. A whole anus. other conversation. What about axemen? Do we have to have a physical sword? See, yeah, this this is the problem when we when we touch on it literally. Yeah. yeah. But if you are not taking it literally, what he just means is, hey, you better be you better Kill. be killing somebody before you go down. How's he keeping track? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, that's my biggest question is, how's he keeping track? Uh, Is he, like, I feel like that would be so distracting. I mean, is he just that good of a fighter that he can just, you know, he's observing, he's he's counting, you know, he's got to remember which guy he's got to go back to, got to find him later. You got to remember that face, you know? It's not that, a dead dead body, a mutilated dead corpse is going to look pretty similar to another mutilated (laughs) dead corpse. So, I mean, he's got to, this dude has got to be taking notes or something, or maybe, I'm guessing... Somehow he brings in Catelyn Stark at the end of the battle to to do some uh, to do some Batman like detective work to give him a rundown of really what happened. So um, there is our conspiracy theory. Yeah. So maybe he thinks Sansa is going to have that detective like intuition and maybe. He can be like, hey, if I cozy up next to her, I bring her into the fold. She can help me find all of these would be lovers out here and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do this. Here's the other thing. Maybe the fire doesn't actually bother him, but he uses it as an excuse because he's out there for a couple minutes and he realizes, I I, I cannot live this. up to the, <laughs> to the standard I have set for myself. I got to get the hell out of here. Yeah, because my concern about halfway through the fight, he goes back in, he's drinking water, and then he goes, you know, he said, or he asked for uh, some, some, he asked to replenish his fluids, right? Uh, gets the water and he says, fuck the water. Give me, I want the wine. And yeah. I was just thinking, man, don't you can't go to the wine yet. If he's if he plans to keep true to his words, this dude needs to hydrate. Hydrate. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some work to be done. So I was a little concerned there, but then we find out he leaves and everything. So I'm not sure. Where's the honor, right? Yeah, where's where's the honor? Where's the honor? What is uh, a man if he can't even keep his word? Is all I'm saying. <laughs> he's like, fuck the city, fuck the king. I'm thinking, man. Joffrey. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't. Uh, I'm surprised at the end of that little speech, you know, fuck the city, fuck the king, fuck the king's guard, uh, fuck the corpses. 